Welcome to the Woke Blokes podcast, hosted by Nick Sutherland from MindFit and Ryan Hassan from the Center for Healing. Let's get into today's episode. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the Woke Blokes podcast. Ryan Hassan from the Center for Healing here, joined as always by Nico Nick Sutherland from MindFit. Nick, how you going? <laughs> A round of applause. Do we think boys and girls are actually listening to this? <laughs> um, no, no. Okay. But there's but there's a lot of there's a lot of um, people of a certain age who would identify as as, as boys. I'm sure. Yeah, okay, just curious. Maybe How the boys, the boys, you know, the boys, mate. The boys. boys around a around a around a drum of a fire and a, and a couple of Car, cups of really brewy boss tea. Come on, come the boys. Come yeah. boys. Bit of, bit of the, the boys having a match a match a tea party. A match a tea party. Yeah. Going two two tea bags or not one. We're we're gonna we're gonna discuss that later. Keep keep that in the back of your mind. So I'm gonna jot that down. Side. I'll notes. make a note. What am I? What am I noting? Just um, boys hanging out. The boys hanging out. I want to revisit that later. Okay. Um. How am I? I I'm excited about which Ryan's turning up today because you 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 you're, at, you're on fire. You are fire today. You are pumped up. You're a bit. You've done some deep breathing already. It's just there's there's a simmering about you today. I was now. trying. To, I'm just trying to re- regulate in the nervous system. I'm not. I'm not yeah, so much. No, don't. I wouldn't don't say on fire, it. but I'm I'm fiery. I'm, yes. I'm, 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 I'm yes. an angry angry man today. Okay, good, good, good. I'm excited about this. Um, I was laying in bed the other night and this this sensation came over me. I, I, I was like I went forward in time to today, to now, and I thought at the start of every podcast, Ryan says, I'm Ryan and Nick from MindFit. And Nico, how are you today? And that, that's, that's how we always sort of wheel this out. And that came into my head and and my thought at the time, and I've, I've figured out since that it was actually me using you to ask me how I was feeling. So thanks, okay. for, thanks, for, being, thanks for being a part of that. Um, and I'll preface this by saying I've been working quite diligently on living in surrender and acceptance and, and just compassion. So I've, I've been really trying to just let go. Um, and, and practice non-attachment and and I'm laying in bed and I used you to ask myself how am I feeling and what came into my mind and what came through me and over me was I am in love oh. and then and then it evolved and the in sort of shrunk and disappeared and it just turned into I am love and that's that's sat with me for about four days now and I know everything's impermanent, so we ebb and flow, and and but this is this is this is hanging around. This is um, it's hanging this around. Is, this is, yeah, I love this that. Lingering. It's, it's, that's it's lingering. It's beautiful because I like to think of 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 love as a verb, and I think that's what mm. you're describing here. You know, it's some people think it's an emotion or it's a state or, you know, the the universe is is the ultimate underlying force is this force of love, and I'm, I do like to think of it as a verb. It's like am I am I being love? in this moment and it's such a it's we actually sort of funny you say that that little change of wording i've probably brought up on the podcast before that when tommy was born he whenever he sneezed we'd just say something really positive affirmation to him instead of saying bless you which is so funny because now when we sneeze he says bless you so the the cultural (laughs) the cultural programming is stronger than the parental programming in this instance um so we would say like you know you are worthy you know you're, you're enough blah blah but then we kind of it got down to, I would just always revert and say, you are loved. Because I, I think at the time as well, I was working with so many people, and I still do, who at their core feel unlovable. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm, I'm unlovable as a human. Based mm-hmm. on what I have or haven't done in my past, I'm unlovable. No one could love mm-hmm. me, right? Mm-hmm. So, so many people struggle with that. And then so, but then it evolved like it did when you were laying in bed the other night from when Tommy sneezed and we'd say, you are loved. Then all of a sudden, we just both started saying, you are loved. Yeah, same thing. It's just this little, little change of language. Like you are love, and it's semantics, and it's it's you know, 
semantics are very important. Words have power and they carry an energy. And so when I'm saying I'm in love, it's sort of more I'm falling into something. But when I am love, I, I, I am, it's flowing out of me. Yes. And, and I'm just, I'm just, I'm loving everything. I'm loving the struggle and, and the peace. I'm loving the conflict and the, the quiet. I'm loving the, the rush and the stillness. Um, there's, there's the, the, it's like the binary system has just crumbled and it, there's, there's no, it, it's, it's just all and everything now. And, wow. and it's a, just a, just being a witness to it all. And it's, it's a really interesting space to be in. And it's, it's happened as a byproduct. As I said, I, I wasn't aiming for this. I wasn't trying to be this. It was, this was a byproduct of, of just practicing non-attachment and surrendering. And it's, um, yeah, it's a really, I'm just, yeah, you know, I was, I had a client the other day who was, was quite unhealed for, through childhood experiences. And I just, gave him a hug when he walked in and he was he was just like oh didn't know how to how to process that experience and like, that. Mm. yeah and, and and it's just like i'm just i'm just sit with him, mate it's it's uncomfortable i get that but just see what happens and, and you can just feel him starting to loosen up it was like he was getting a massage and, and all the knots were coming out and all of a sudden he just sat down and he just had a completely different look on his face just just from being loved yeah yeah that's uh that's really beautiful nick that's that's really yeah. beautiful and i love it so anyway enough of, enough of that shit no no no, no enough of that no no not enough of that <laughs> oh, this is going to start to dissolve my anger nick but i you... don't want to though i want to all right I'll, I'll, i can bring it back up on cue it's no problem <laughs> <laughs> um but you're right. I think this this state of love, there's this there's this well of love inside of us that wants to pour out and love everyone and everything, not just all the good stuff, but also all the challenges and everything. And then you know the great masters always talk about this this conditional love and unconditional love. And, and the state that you're talking about is one of just unconditional love. It's so I'm just going to get this love that's inside me and it's going to pour out of me. And there's no conditions on it because we 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 say look. I'm going to let love pour out of me if you love me back or I'm going to let love pour out of me until you do or someone does something that I don't agree with. But then I'm going or to I, turn I, the tap I off. will love you or I will love you if you do X, Y, and Z. Yes. And then, then, I, will, then I will show you love. Yes. And I've and that, bypassed that. Yeah. And that's, that's, it's, such a, it's such an amazing state and it's very hard to get our heads around because in our Western culture, the, the idea of love that we have been programmed with from um, TV, movies, music is one of conditional love, mm-hmm. right? And so it's, it's a real reframe to be able to say, and, and you can use an example, which is quite challenging for some people to think about. It's like you, you can be with a husband, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, partner, whatever it is. And it's like, well, I'll love you if, and you're trying to remove that if, and it's like, can I love you even if you leave? Right. And that's like the, the loosening of like all of those, all of the conditional attachments. And that's very, very hard because, because you might want to say yes, but you're like, no, no, I can't love if they do that. I can't love if they leave me. I can't love if they left me for someone else. I can't love me if they acted this way. Well, I've been talking to a lot of clients that have been, I don't want to use the word mistreated, but, uh, but treated not, not very well, I suppose, or the, yeah, I don't know how you describe it, but, um, and I keep, I keep talking to them and, and coming back around to this just wishing well for everyone. It's like I'm rooting for everybody to use that American word. It's like I'm 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 really I'm everyone's cheerleader. And and even if even if someone's out there causing great harm, it reminds me of that that quote I read once on socials or something. Somewhere. It's like you know you you know you know too much psychology when you can just. Um, understand everyone or whatever and i'm probably paraphrasing there but it's it's like in mindfit we've got a tool that we use it's called looking beyond the projection so looking beyond what people are doing and essentially you know we talk about hurt people hurting people and and so i'm not looking at people on the surface level i'm just i'm looking at where this is coming from and and they're hurting and i'm you know, a, a beautiful client came in the other day and, and she's been, she's going through a, a, a terrible time of this breakup. And, and I said, yeah, but let's just, let's just wish your partner well. She's really toxic. She's, 
she's not in control of what she's saying or thinking or doing um and let's let's stand to the side and let's let her all pass you by and let's just let's just hope that she because she's lost she she's let's let's hope that she finds her way back to humanity and she's nearly started twitching she's like but she's but she's done this and she's done that and i'm like no she uh, she hasn't done this to you you know this isn't personal this isn't about you this is about her and and it takes quite a most of the most of the session to try and um, undo all of that ego that's heavily involved. And I guess that's what's really coming through now. Is I, I think my ego is just just sort of been parked over there for a bit. It's let's sort of yeah, it's let go for now. It's like because when you think about the ego, it's kind of this wants to hold on to everything. It likes solidity. And um, and, and the, the Dalai Lama said that you know we suffering occurs when we try and make permanent that which is not permanent mm. and the law of nature is that everything is impermanent yeah. so our ego is <laughs> constantly want everything to remain the same no that has to be that and that has to be that and that has to stay in that condition and that can never change and you need to be in my life forever and even, even till death do us part like that's just setting people up for suffering mm. um so yeah parking all of that it's just it's just uh yeah, i'm just really enjoying being love at the moment <laughs> I'm enjoying you being love. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's, I love uh, your anger. I love you. I love your anger. And that's it. So do I. That's where we get caught up, isn't it? We've spoken about it before, and especially as humans, and especially us guys, we get in these these cycles of resisting our emotional state with another emotion. So it's like, um, as a guy, I'm sad. It's like, well, I don't want to be sad. So I'm fucking angry that I'm sad. And so I keep going around in circles and circles and circles. We call it like getting, we call it getting distorted at our disturbance. So we get emotionally disturbed when suffering. And that's that. Yeah, we get, we carry a distortion. I shouldn't be angry. It's, it's like, why? why? You can, you, as soon as you create that thought, that's an irrational thought. And that's going to bend you, your perception yeah. out of shape. So. Yeah, well, it's I'm um, I'm wrestling with reality in that moment. So I'm Daisy, our, our eight-month-old puppy, she's been just chewing beds, and and it's creating a lot of suffering for everyone. And um, but I'm just observing again. This is just her nature. This is her. It's like being angry at a mosquito for for biting you. It's yeah. just that's on you it's not on the mosquito it's not on it's not on daisy it's our responsibility that we're leaving beds there where you know or we're not entertaining her enough or whatever this this isn't on her at all this is so i'm just loving her nature all right it's it's causing some destruction you know and and an inconvenience but that's all it is it's just an inconvenience we're not escalating this up the scale of doom and it's all just oh she's fucked and it's the worst ever she's such a bad dog she's not a bad dog she's an awesome dog she's just being a dog yeah she <laughs> it's her nature she and so this be is a dog she should be a responsible human being <laughs> and so you know understanding is the cornerstone to love and i think that's what i've been trying to do is just uh, our human nature, understanding our nature, the law of nature, our nature, the, the universe's nature, like it's, it's always ebbing and flowing. Someone says, oh, every time I turn up to a session, it's like one day, one week I'll be all heightened, the next week I'll be calm. Next week I'm high, she's noticed this pattern. I said, but you you are part of the universe. You are the universe and you are ebbing and flowing as the universe is. Inflation. So, oh, yeah, that's cool. That's cool. <laughs> you are the universe. That's cool. That's cool. Uh, oh, nice. Uh, can I get that on a t shirt or something? <laughs> you probably can. Um, yeah. yeah, well, it's uh, one thing I, uh, I learned from uh, Paul Levy, who's an author, which is really beautiful. It's like, he, is he an author or is he a man who wrote a book? Um, he's both of those things. He's no, the universe. He's not an author. He's not an author. <laughs> that's, that's part of who he is. No, it's not. He's not. That's part of his identity, or it's part of the suit that he wears, or the narrative that he's created. But so is his but name. So how yeah, do I exactly? Him? But but he's not an author. Like go back and dive into the, the round ass thing, and he's like, we're all just in these suits trying to convince each other of how important our suits are, and it's like because society says you have to be this, and so he's not an author. He's he's a uh, you know he's written a book, but. No, no, it's, yeah, we're going to. That I later. know you mean, but I've got, I've got to describe it because people might want to read the book. 
So are you a, are you a therapist? Yes. Or what level are you describing me here? Like well, I could say I'm, I'm, an infin- I'm an infinite that's... being made of light. But like then, then I'd have to be hard to have trouble introducing myself because the person I'm introducing myself to is that also. <laughs> I can only know what I am by knowing what I am in reference to something else. That's why we have names and separateness. Hey, the the symbol formerly known as <laughs> symbol something. formerly known as what was he? What was, what was Prince? Yeah, was, the artist formerly known as. Yeah, the artist formerly known. As. I'm the consciousness formerly known as God. all right so there's an author anyway yeah so one of the uh yeah i was turning to him and one thing he spoke about was um the because he was talking about the the destruction of the planet and if you look back at humankind we kind of have this this pattern of uh of destroying you know pillaging natural resources and destroying the planet and he said that's just because we're learning how not to do it and we don't know how to do that yet so in the pathology is also encoded the medicine. And so if you think about it in terms of Daisy, it's like she's a puppy and she chews things. But then one day she might learn not to, but she can only learn not to do it by doing it. Does that make sense? It does, yes. So that's why it's like yeah, I, it's, I can, it's, I can it's loosen my grip. Yeah, it's contrasting. Hmm. How, did, how could I learn to not take drugs by taking a lot of them? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like I can't. I but can't. I've never taken any, and I learnt not. Well, have I learnt not to take drugs, or have I just learnt that drugs aren't a, a great experience overall? So, what's the difference between us? Neither of us take drugs. You've taken a lot. I've taken none. Have we both learnt not to take drugs? Um, I'm. I would be. We, we all are evolved in different areas of our consciousness. So in that particular area, I would have a lot more information in that area. Whereas so you, you would are, have your you are, area. You are, you are the authority out of the two of us because you've, you on, you would on be considered... that one topic. It's like yeah. they say, you know, that the man, the man who's been bitten by the rattlesnake is, is greater in that one area than the man or woman that hasn't. That's just one area. So this, was... this, is, this is where a lot of clients, you know, it's, it's pouring in. Clients are pouring in, and, and a big part of that is is because of the podcast. Which you know, so um, hat off to all the people. I had a lady, I had a woman the other day, and she um, she rang while she was listening to episode twenty five. She goes, Nick. I'm like, yeah, hi. I just happened to answer. She's like. Um, uh, I'm listening to episode 25 of the podcast. I've been binging on it. I thought, fuck it, I've got to call you right now. Strike while the iron's hot because you're talking about having to do the work and I want to do the work. And <laughs> and, and it was wow. so weird. Like a client had just shifted his appointment the next day at 8.30. And she goes, I can do 8.30 on a Wednesday. And I went, that appointment has literally just freed up two minutes ago. <laughs> and so she dived straight in. It was hilarious. That's so good. Yeah, what was I talking about? Um, 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 Clients are poor. The the authority. Yeah, so so the psychology um, and the psychologists, we've had conversations around this and there are many wonderful psychologists who do a lot of good work. But I think my experience through through learning this um, from people is that um, they're not – there's been a big shift away from the typical clinical psychology because there's not that rapport. There's not that um, experience behind the speaker. And so you and I having that lived experience and, and then healing uh, are in a position. It's like, it's like if, if you want to hire someone to build a house, do you want to hire someone who's been to school and learnt how to build a house or do you want to hire someone who's actually been out to a block of land and built a house and has made all the mistakes and knows what to do and not what not to do? Mm. And I think that's where you and I come from. Like I've been in a position where I couldn't leave the house. So I know what our minds are capable of at that end of the spectrum and now I'm sitting here in love. So I know what our minds are capable of. At, you know, at the other end and so yeah you are the authority in that area hmm. yeah it's like um you made me think like you know when i was i was an air conditioning mechanic for 11 years and i was a pretty good air conditioning mechanic but i didn't really care about it 
Mm. Like, it's like I, I, as soon as, you know, 4.30 PM here, fuck a work phone goes off and I'm not thinking about it at all. I wasn't mm-hmm. interested unless I had to, I wasn't interested mm-hmm. in further education. Like what's the latest cooling towers that are coming out, the compressors, <laughs> what's the, could not give a shit unless like work made me go and do something. So looking back now, I'm like, if I was trying to pick an air conditioner, I wouldn't pick me if I really, if I had the choice, mm. I, I want mm. someone who lives and breathes it. You know, mm-hmm. I want them to come around and talk about the air, my air conditioning, like I talk about someone's mental and emotional health and trauma. Because oh, the this- welding in this aircon is, 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 <laughs> is surpasses anything else. You should see the the, the craftsman. You know, you're like, wow, this dude loves his aircon. Yeah, and I love that shit. Like when he can see this yeah. welding, like he described. I don't know what the fuck he might be talking about, but I just love, I love how into it he is. It's the best. Yeah. It's, um, I had a client the other day, and, and I'm seeing this in a few different clients as well, that uh, people are a bit lost in, in, in their, their careers or their, their, you know, what they're doing for a living. Um, and you know, in, in Buddhism, they talk about the Eightfold Path, and one of them is the right or the pure occupation, so what we do for a living and being of service and, and contributing to society and all that. Uh, and this guy's a plumber, and he's he's in a bit of a, oh, you know, I don't, uh, I'm a plumber, I'm good at it, but I don't really love plumbing, and I'm not really. I said, what would you do if, um, if you didn't have to pay your mortgage, what would you do? And he thought about it. And he said, uh, work with underprivileged kids. I was like, wow, that's that's a. <laughs> a big shift okay wow uh, is that something you can start doing as a hobby can you be one of these big brothers or a mentor or something um, he's like, oh, yeah. and I said but what about if you reframed plumbing in your head what if you became the compassionate plumber and you know because we can't all just be in acts of service we can't all be humanitarians we need plumbers we need builders we need all these things so how can you how can you reframe it so you're not just a plumber but you're a plumber who turns up and really listens to someone and you really hear them and then oh i I, I was just spitballing ideas and he's like yeah yeah and so he's gone gone away and he's got to think of how can he for the time being be passionate about plumbing because it's not about the plumbing itself it's what am i doing beyond that plumbing how am i being of service to other people yeah yeah i love that yeah when you can see when you can see what you're doing, if it's not what you're going to be doing forever, but you can see it as a natural stepping stone to doing what you really want or to do. Or even, so I, I was a mate of mine who's a, um, a boat salesman and he sells boats for a and he got very burnt out and dispassionate about that. And then we, he stepped away from it and um, he realized that he wasn't a boat salesman. He was actually um, providing an opportunity for fathers to spend in time with their sons and daughters yeah and to go fishing and time out you know it's it's out in nature and we're in the outdoors and we're alive you know there's 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 a storm coming right we're gonna you know, do this stuff and so as soon as he reframed it in his head and he looked at it like um the, the boat is just the metaphorical and literal vehicle to to get people connected out there but as soon as he started seeing himself as a connector bringing together of people um, it changed his motivation. So he went out of productivity-based motivation. I have to. It was a chore. And all of a sudden, he tapped into a vitality-based motivation. And now it's, I want to. I'm passionate about this. Yep. Uh, and so what he's doing reframe. exactly the same thing. What a reframe. Turning up, at, turning up at the same spot, the same hours, the same everything, but just can't wait to get there. So... Yeah, it's, um, it's so good. It's such an important reframe. When we start to do things... I, I was doing a an energy workshop on the weekend. And one of the things that was coming up for a few people was this, you know, what they wanted was when getting up in the morning and it's for once again, very similar language, but a very different energy. A lot of people were getting up in the morning and say, Oh, what have I got to do today? Mm. And then by the end, the reframe was, Oh, what do I get to do today? Mm-hmm. Right. So it's like this, this list of obligations and chores and things that I have to do as opposed to, Hey, what do I get to do? What do I get to experience today? So that's just a simple flip into gratitude there, isn't it? absolutely yeah yeah because we we uh, take things for granted you know we, we all of a sudden as soon as we start you know we, we create a certain life for ourselves and then once that life you know we, we get going for a few months on that all of a sudden that becomes the normal and we spoke about ego earlier mm. then the ego always wants something more and I that's more it becomes complacent and yeah yeah i remember i had um i 
did a, a mantra for a while about um, every morning I'd wake up and, and my first thought was, I wonder what today's going to bring. So it opened up my mind and I, I sat in curiosity and wonder and there was no attachments. There was no, it has to be this or I have to do that. or And that was a wonderful um, experience for me. And then it became subconscious. So, you know, automatically now I'm waking up just like, I wonder what today's going to bring. And I can look at my calendar and I've got six or seven clients for the day and I'm like, uh, will or it won't be like that. You know, the, the clients may ring and change and you know, so I, I, I don't create that what we said about earlier, that permanency, that, that it doesn't have to be solid. I don't need my day to look that way in order to be happy when I get into bed that night. It's just that it's a, it's a fluid, you know, it's a dynamic sort of experience. Yeah, yeah, so good. You made me think about with the, the boat salesman. I, I must be thinking about my air conditioning pass today, Nick, because mm. when, when I think back at those um, 11 years and you know thousands of different jobs and everything and you know during summer it'd be you know cashies every weekend and after work and the the one job that stands out to me is my most absolutely satisfying job that I did in that whole time I didn't make one cent off right? <laughs> and I still remember it. it was it was a Saturday and it was the middle of summer it was like fucking 40 degrees and so I was like run off my feet with all these different cashies and that kind of thing and it got to the afternoon and, and a close friend of ours called and they, their, their air conditioning was broken and they had a newborn baby um, mm. back then. And they were living in Tarnit. So where I used to do a lot of my work, there's like over an hour's drive away. And I'm like, yep, I'll finish up what I'm doing now and I'll come straight over. And, you know, I went over there and I was fluffing around. It was a very difficult fix, but I was able to fix it. And I got this air conditioning up and running and the newborn baby started, you know, stop crying and everything. And um, like, what do I owe you? I'm like, absolutely nothing. And that still sticks with me, just the look on their face and the gratitude from helping them that day um, of all the thousands of jobs. And, and, you know, you know, days where I made a shitload of money. I can't even remember those jobs anymore, but just that, mm -hmm. that core value of being in complete service to someone else and actually someone that I cared about was, um, stands out for me. But the, the passion, that's amazing. Uh, yeah. And that left a, it left a imprint on So you. it's like, yeah, so I don't, I don't, I don't remember like, oh, there's that day that I made X amount of money. I, I just, there's, that's not even anywhere near my consciousness, but that one job yeah. makes me feel warm and fuzzy just remembering it. And it's like, you know, all the, all the days sort of blur into one, but you remember the days where, you know, you, you had to, where it was freezing cold and you overcame adversity and, and you did something and, you know, you remember those days and you, they, they really leave a, a strong memory and an imprint in our mind of, to, that our mind goes back and recognizes quite easily because of the, the, the beauty involved in it all, because of the, 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 the overcoming adversity or whatever the case may be. And I love the um, at the Vipassana retreat. So it's ten days, and once you've completed it, you can actually go back and and instead of doing the meditation part of it, you can go back as a server, and so you can go back and spend ten days cooking for for all the people that are there meditating. So yeah, I'm going to go and do that one day, um, and yeah, because it's it's going to be out of my comfort zone. It's a lot of Know, cooking for a heap of people and it's it's going to be an interesting experience so yeah the the give the act of giving mm. yeah it's like i mean but that, that was unconditional too wasn't it like what you did was unconditional we're talking about unconditional love before that was an act of unconditional love for, for your friends you, yes. you expected nothing in return yeah because like no like that's the thing we always we, so Maya Angelou says, you know, people won't remember what you did or said or that kind of thing, but they'll, you'll always remember how they made you feel. Yeah. And that's why like no amount of money from any, and we did a lot of jobs, you know, very wealthy people in Turak and that kind of thing. And no amount of money could make up for just that feeling I got from being able to help someone I really cared about and, and be of service. And so that's what, what can we, what can we all take out? What can listeners take out of that? It's that, I, I see clients pro bono um, and, and sometimes, you know, and I, I'm, yeah, part of my model is how, how can I give to somebody because um, I'm in a very fortunate position where um, I've learned a lot and I'm in a position where I can be of service and help people and then I make an income off it, but there's people that can't afford my services or whatever, so it's still nice to be able to, um, tap into that space as well. Yeah, well, I think it's just, you know, don't 
but as a society, we, we worry too much about money. I think we're always, we think like the next, the next bill is going to break us or, or that kind of thing. But we're, we're quite lucky, especially in this country that, you know, the, you're pretty much going to be okay. You're going to be pretty much looked after, mm. you know, financially. And it might, sometimes when we go through rough periods, it might mean cutting out certain luxuries, but my God, like talk about first world problems. It's like, oh, I've got to cancel my, my membership or my subscription somewhere. And maybe I have to buy the, the, um, the, the no name brand food for a while or that kind of thing. But it's really, you know, it's you're really going to be looked after. And I think if you do more more things from that place of of service, then mm. then money will come. You know, because like when, when it's, it's, like, it's like the guy that the boat salesman. It's like if I'm going and doing something out of this obligation of money, then I, I will I'll get run down. I'll just start losing mm. my, my passion for it. But if I go it'll into sell soul. boats, it'll eat your soul. And then you go down and say, well, now no, hang on, what I'm doing is giving dads an opportunity to spend time with their son and daughter. Then the byproduct is I'm better at selling boats and I make more money anyway. <laughs> but he, he's he's sincere in that, yeah. And you're right. As soon as as soon as you give it all up, you actually get more than than you could have ever thought. And as soon as you you surround, but this is that living as love. It's it's there's no fear, there's no stress, there's no anxiety, there's no suffering, and it's just. Uh, um, you said before that everyone's always thinking about money and, and people are living in a constant state of fear. Everyone's in this constant state of fight, flight. Um, how am I going to get this next thing? How am I going to pay the next bill? How, well, where's this next thing coming from? I need this, I need that. And so many people are living outside of their means because of their egos are going, oh, but I need to look cool. I need I need the latest so, shoes. I need it's the, the gold the golden handcuffs. I think I've, I've brought yeah, it up in, in previous times. Like we have the the that the house because we want it to look good for everyone else, the car, and we have all these payments. And now if I am, you know, let's say me being an air conditioning mechanic, then all of a sudden I have these golden handcuffs because I'm tied to this paycheck. Because if I don't, I'm not going to be able to make all these repayments. And if I lose that car, then my ego goes, Oh, you piece of shit, you lost that car. What's X and X gonna you know think about you? Which is all it's just it money we tie in in money with survival. So we're always under this if yeah. we're under money stress, we're under survival stress. And we've we're spoken about we, we can't we can't create and be in a state of love if I'm in a constant state of stress and survival. And, and uh, William Glasser talks about his five basic human needs, which is the second fundamental in, in the MyTrip program, is, um, you know, that's having that sense of survival compromised. And that's where we need to, to learn to meet our own needs and, and go, no, I'm actually, I'm going to be okay. And this, this client, the one that was ebbing and flowing in sessions, she went for a, a job interview the other day. Um, and she said uh, she felt herself start to experience physical symptoms of anxiety. And she said, I literally said to myself, nothing in there is trying to kill me. And she just sat there and just said, nothing in there is, what is the real, because I talk about the reality of is versus the reality of what could, should, or would potentially happen mm-hmm. or ideally happen. Uh, and she said, what is the reality? The reality is a woman is going to go and speak to another woman. Ah, nothing's trying to kill me. Ah, okay. So all of a sudden, just in the space of a couple of minutes, she brought herself down from that heightened state. And this morning, she said it was the most wonderful conversation. Uh, and she just, she was coming at it from the heart and there was no anxiety in there and she was present and grounded and, and just, she listens to them. And um, she said it was such a more effective um, space to be in because yeah, it just produced a, a wonderful time. Yeah, I had a similar conversation um, this week with a client. Also, they were going in for a um, performance review. It was in their new role, and um, they'd obviously struggled with anxiety a lot. And, and you know, she was saying similar thing. The, the body starts having this reaction. It's called neuroception. It's our nervous system uh, making a, an assumption that we're going into an unsafe environment. Mm-hmm. Um. And so her sort of past was, and this is for a lot of people, that anxiety starts to come up. I'm like, no, 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 don't. I don't want to feel this. I don't want to feel this. You know, go away, go away, go away. And, and, it, and it tightens. And then what she would do after an experience like that, then she would ruminate and really try and work out, you know, what made me anxious? How can I change in future? And it was, 
you know, more and more of this tightening of her system. And this time she just, that first feeling started coming on the physical symptoms. And she just said, you know, okay, my, my body thinks I'm entering into an unsafe environment, but she, mm-hmm. it's okay if I feel like this. And then as soon as you say like, Oh, I've, I'm feeling anxious, but that's okay. That softens. Mm-hmm. You know, you're giving mm-hmm. it space to soften. Then she went in, the review went really well. And then she left and didn't do the, the, the ruminating and, and worrying afterwards. So it's like, she just had the experience and it was okay. We call that that's that's we're teaching clients to to learn the difference between necessary and unnecessary suffering. So suffering is anxiety, depression, guilt, anger in in, in our line of work. And you know, the first noble truth in Buddhism: to live is to suffer. We're all going to experience it to some degree at some point in our life. But th- there is necessary suffering. If you break up with someone, or someone breaks up with you, you want to feel sad. If if you're going to uh, an environment where there's an important outcome or whatever, you want to feel a little bit of anxiety. So this is where uh, it's great the work that you're doing with that client. It's just validating that feeling. Oh, hello, anxiety. No, oh, you've popped up and you're doing your job. Great, thank you. Now, uh, are you turning into unnecessary suffering because I'm using these distortions and then jumping to conclusions and going to the worst case scenario and am I already living this meeting before I even get out of my car. Yes. Okay. So now it's unnecessary. Now I've got to bring myself back from that uh, and get back in the drive. We, we actually did speak about that too, that the, the, the thinking about all the, the worst possible outcomes and that kind of thing. It's so funny when you think about it. I had this one years ago, I can't remember what it was for. I, Cause it, I'll get to that. Hang on. It's, it's like we spoke at the start about resisting or wrestling with life. So if you use that context of the necessary and unnecessary mm-hmm. suffering, so that in that situation, whether they're going into a meeting or whatever it is, then the body starts going into a, a bit of an anxious response. That's, that's what's happening. That's what life is presenting. So then mm-hmm. it, like, we, we can't stop that. The beating yourself up for that just doesn't make any sense because you're fighting against mm-hmm. reality. So it's mm-hmm. like, that's when what we're talking about here is by then me saying this shouldn't be happening. I should be feeling a different way. You know, the should Which is a cognitive distortion. Yeah, then we're, we're fighting against reality and we're actually making things worse. So then we're starting to dip into that unnecessary suffering. But I, because I still watch this now, and years ago I got invited on the, um, on the radio, one of the, the, the Fox FM here in Melbourne. And I remember driving in there and I noticed the distortion. I noticed my mind thinking about like, worst case scenarios and because I, I have the call I could sort of watch it I just laugh my head off because one of them it's like you know you obviously wait what if I don't know what to say or I you know fumble my words mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. do say something silly but one of them was like um what if I fall off the chair and then I thought to myself <laughs> I said when was the last All time right. I'm off a chair? This is getting crazy now. This is getting too crazy. I can handle, I can, I can, I can deal with the saying the wrong thing or being made, yeah, but falling for chair, mind, imagination, you've, you've gone too far. That's it. I'm taking away, you're taking away your rights. To I imagine. just imagine the amount of chairs I've sat on and I'm like, when was the last time you just fell off a chair? <laughs> Awesome. It's so, so good, awesome. and you can play with it. You know, it's, it becomes it becomes a game. It becomes funny. Well, this is this is where you know another one of the the William Glass's basic human needs is a sense of fun, and that's why when I created the mental reps, um, we put in there to laugh at ourselves, laugh at how irrational we're being, because it just lightens everything, and it's just uh, you know when we can throw ourselves under the bus and take the piss out of ourselves, or observe our irrational minds and falling off a chair. When the, this is hilarious, Nick, you are being a hilarious creature right now. It just it, it puts us. Then we can sort of rewind and go back into that space and just sit there and observe things objectively. Right, the reality is that I'm just going to turn up and I'm going to speak and answer questions and I know what I'm saying. I can ground myself. I can reinforce my confidence and, and it's all going to be good. So yeah. I, had, um, I, had a, I had a client talk about um, oh his business, his landscape, and he, he, he got this contract and... And once again, you know, going back to the ego and wanting more and everything, and I was so proud of him. And he said, oh, and this company said, oh, you know, so you've got this contract for these, these daycares. Do you want the Bunnings contract as well? And he's like, um, no, no, we're good, thanks. And they're like, what? But this is tens of thousands of dollars, like you know, millions of dollars over the next seven years. Do you, you're going to knock that back? And he's like, 
yeah, yeah, we just moved into a new place and we're trying for a new kid and yeah, I've got my little girl at home and I'm, you know, I've got I've got a couple of crews and I'm I'm content with what I, he goes. He, he goes, I heard myself say content and he goes, I just burst into laughter. He's like, oh, because you know we're like. Um, the one golden rule in Mindfit is you are responsible for your happiness and health. And then we unpack what is happiness and, and no one knows. And I say it's to be content. So when he heard himself say, I'm content, he's like, oh, I've done it. I've done it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 so, it's so refreshing. And it's, it's very hard for other people to grasp. Or the guy who was talking to would have probably heard those words and thought, what do you mean? And this is, this is egos. When, when we're in the ego, like most people are, and we hear someone else say, I don't want more, the ego goes, what? You don't yeah. want more? There's nothing. That's what yeah. life's all about. We just meant to have more, more, more. So it's very- You're not normal. It shakes it up. Yeah, you know, yeah you're not normal. Actually, very normal. Sane in an insane <laughs> world. Sober at the party where everyone's drunk. Mm. Yeah, so I, I was, I, I, I was so, I was so genuinely pleased for him that he, that he has. And I, I sent you a message the other day saying, um, you know, let's let's talk. Let's on the podcast. Let's do choose your hard. And you, <laughs> your inner child came up and went, choose your hard on. <laughs> um, and this is it. It's like so. So we talk about. Yeah, you know, the hard path and the easy path, and the hard path gets easier and the easy path gets harder. So you can choose what's initially hard. That's to say no to all the, the dangling carrots and the golden handcuffs and the golden chain or whatever. Uh, and, but that's going to life's going to get easier after that. But if you take the easy path, and then life's going to get harder, and then, and it's just going to keep getting harder. So choose the hard path that gets easier or the hard path that gets harder, and. Mm. You know, remember when Deb said she stopped drinking because she was sick and tired of being sick and tired, and 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 so she chose her heart, and her heart was to go to AA meetings and to to you know really sit there and go through her shit and all that sort of stuff. But that hard became easier, where if she had have kept drinking, you know, she found herself in the bath with boiling water and nearly died. Like that's mm. that's a lot harder. <laughs> Yeah, well, certainly that this this guy he also kind of he kind of knew what he wants wanted out of his life at this period, and then he can make his decision based on that, and not not out, not out of this more. Why is that? Because the first fundamental is priorities. So exactly, we figured we figured out its priorities, and, and this, this is this is sort of where I'm going. You know, it's it's important to know where we're at and where we're going, you know, even in the, in the mid short midterm, because then we can start to make decisions based around that. You know, I worked with a, a business coach a few years ago and, and this sort of brought it to light for me, not just in business, but all areas. Cause he's like, I'm like, well, this is what we're doing and we want to grow and we're doing blah, blah, blah. And he goes, but what, what's, what's the outcome? Like, what are you doing with this mm. joint? He goes, are you wanting this to be the one center for healing one clinic and, and this to be successful? Do you want multiple ones? How many do you want to go nationwide? Are you going worldwide? Like what, because what, what decisions you make right now are going to look very, very different based on what you want out of your life. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, the way you're going now, if you just want to have one, you know, successful clinic, like you're going about it the mm-hmm. wrong way, but I'm like, no, we want to have multiple. And, you know, so it's like that That with all areas of our life. He decided, this is what's happening in my life. I'm quite content. We're trying for a new child. So now I can, I can really confidently make a decision over here, over here that, that even though you make that decision, part of you probably goes, yeah, yeah, take it more and more. But there's a bigger part of you who knows where you're at and what you want that just says, no, we're all right. We're okay. Mm. Yeah, spot on. Uh, I had a client come in for a discovery session and, and we talk about discomfort precedes success being the mind fit motto and then we sort of sit there and oh what is success for you in terms of this work that we're doing if you do a 12 week or 12 month program what's how are you going to define whether that time has been worthwhile what's success for you and he gave him five minutes and he sat there and you know pondered and wrote and pondered and wrote and at the end of it he goes this is why this is going to work instead of you know, the psychologist I went to because immediately, even just without doing any work, just writing this down, I'm now clear. I have clarity mm. around where it is I'm going. And I was like, fist bump, good on you. Buddy. Yeah, well, it's, you're, you're creating uh, something tangible out of something that is very intangible. Yeah, I do a yeah. similar thing. I say, well, look, by the end of this, what, what would you like happening externally and internally? So externally is yeah. like, 
Um, you know, I'd like the communication in our relationship to be better. Um, I'd like to have, you know, started my own business or whatever it is. And then internally, it's like, well, I would love that anxiety reduced by X amount. I'd love to be feeling more peace and contentment. And like you said, it's really important because then you can actually, because with our mental and emotional health, yeah, it's not like, you know, do your, your, you know, body fat caliper, you know, readings and that kind of thing. And you've got this tangible result. You've got to, you've got to create that. We do it a little bit at the start where we, we talk about stimulus space response. So being responsive versus reactive. So stimulus react and then go into that space. And I ask people to, uh, out of 100%, what percentage are they reactive versus responsive? And I'd say eight or nine people out of 10 would say, 80% reactive. Mm-hmm. So 0.8 to 80% reactive. So they're, they're only mindful and conscious and choosing how they think and feel and behave 20% of the time. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm like, okay, so what's what's ideal? And this this is a great question because you're going to hear the you, you learn very quickly who the perfectionists are. And they're like, oh, well, it should be 100% responsive. <laughs> and like, bow, bow, and we start laughing at them. And um, <laughs> we're like, no, that would be utopia and that would be boring after a while. So you're still human. Sorry, you, you're not enlightened yet in this lifetime. What do you want to be? And so, yeah, we figure out 80% of the time responsive, 20% of the time. We're still going to be human. We're still going to have egos. We're still going to react and, and that's okay. So... That's a that's a sixty percent turnaround. Yeah. So and then we turn that sixty percent into sixty kilos, and we're like, okay. So how long is it going to take? You're sixty kilos mentally overweight now. How long is it going to take you to lose that weight? And so it really frames it in the head mm. that, oh, I've got to actually do the work. There's no quick fix. There's no pill. There's no wand. It's like, oh shit. All right, put my shoes on and go for a run. <laughs> do the mental reps. I love that. That's, that. I would have been the, if I came to see you in the past, you know, back yeah. then, I would have been that guy. Oh, 100%. We'll do it next week. What's the quickest? <laughs> I've done it. I'll do it faster. <laughs> What's the fastest someone's ever done it? What's the fastest? Yeah. I'll do it one I'll day faster. I'll, I'll beat him. I'll beat him. Fucking, I, I've got this. I'll, smash picture, it. I'll, I'll put a picture of him up on my, on my mirror like Rocky. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there you go. It's oh, a classic. Uh, boys hanging out. Yeah, I said. I said. To, so I've I've been asked to co-create um, a, a weekend retreat down at uh, the, the Grampians, which is no, not Grampians, the uh, Wilson's Prom, mm-hmm. which is right on the southern tip of Victoria, um, by this company called Holistic Hikes. Shout out to Shan and Amanda. Um, check them out; they're doing some great work. And so they do hiking weekends down there and they they came across MindFit and they're like, oh, we'd love to bring a meditation mindfulness sort of elements to a weekend. Can you you bring something to the table? Yeah, wow, sounds great. Um, And when we were creating it, we didn't really check what weekend it was. It turns out it's on Father's Day. Um, So (laughs) the Father's Day weekend. So now we have to sort of reframe and go, yeah, maybe just just turn up on Sunday, you know, being a better father after spending a few days hiking and being right and whatnot. Yeah. But I I said, and a guy was curious about it. And he said, "It's, it's such a weird concept because most you know, the, the narrative for blokes to catch up is, hey, let's catch up over a beer. Or let's go and play golf and have a few beers afterwards. Let's, there's always seems to be alcohol as the motivator to, to come together and have a chat. And I said, is it unrealistic to think that we can potentially live in a world in the future where blokes just catch up and say, hey, do you want to catch up? Just, do you want to catch up? Yeah, you know, look, we'll, I... It's really interesting topic, um, and I think it has to do with. Can we go away for a healthy weekend? Can we go away where we don't take a couple of slabs away when we go camping? Can we go in, instead of a company creating this weekend? You know, can mm-hmm. a couple of blokes go? Hey, let's go hiking this weekend. Yeah, and not take a bottle of piss away. Yeah, I think it's. I think yeah, I think it's going to be changing over the next 20, 30 years, and I think it has to do with kind of rites of passage. I think that we've had such a dominant Ooh. culture around our, our rite of passage, um, especially as a guy. It's like, okay, I'm of a certain age. You now I'm just going to get pissed and I'm going to come together with my. So it's like this we get programmed with it, you know, because we, mm-hmm. we, we saw it 
<laughs> from our, you know, our, our parents, their friends, you know, even grandparents, like it's such a cultural thing. And then we grow up and then we start doing it. And so, you know, now we're, you know, thirties, forties, fifties, that kind of thing. And um, sixties for you, Nick, but, um, and then we <laughs> I love you. I'm in love. I love, I love, I love. I'm the, testing, you, I'm testing your state of unconditional love. You can't knock me off this perch. I'm not, I won't try anymore. I'm not angry anymore, by the way. I feel great. I know. I saw that. It's melted away. Um, and so we have this rite of passage. So it's really ingrained early on. It's like, hey, when I'm, I'm catching up with mates and I, I, we, I, I associate bonding with alcohol. Mm. Yeah. So we've got, we've got a strong yeah. association. Statistics are showing now there's more and more and more human beings who aren't drinking. Like we're talking, I'm talking teenagers. Yeah, it's yes, it's it's, it's, it's dropping the, the rates of yep. actual of alcohol. So so that they're, having, believe, they're having sober parties. Yeah, uh, so they're calling it. Yeah. yeah. So those you think those teenagers are going to become adults with less of that bonding and alcohol programming, then they they're going to have kids. So I think this is going to be because cultural stuff just takes a bit longer to shift. And so mm-hmm. I think yeah, over the next few decades, I'll be very interested to see, and I think there'll be more of that going on because I'm also seeing, um. Like I see these men's circles and men's groups and everything popping up everywhere. Like it's a real, mm-hmm. and these things come about because there's this deep yearning for, for for whatever's being presented. So when I see a lot of these men's circles coming up that aren't alcohol based, I'm like, there must be this deep yearning of the masculine that wants that. Yeah, yeah. Do you agree? And it's it's yeah, it's beautiful that people are starting to you know, especially these kids are are going to become physically and mentally slash emotionally healthier as well because they just you know yeah let's go away for a weekend let's go hiking let's hang out and have a fire and climb things and learn how to tie knots and do all this sort of shit instead of getting smashed and burning trees and you know fighting each other so yeah there's 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 hope has there's hope and and like i I wonder what that'll if that continues that trend like long after we're gone like i'm talking hundreds of thousands of years if the planet's still here if the if that that state of love that that you're in will um, um, still um, be there, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I wonder as well, like in terms of our evolution, like our prefrontal cortex doesn't form until we're 25. Mm-hmm. You know, drinking alcohol, and that's the thing. I still have a drink. You still have a drink. We're not bashing alcohol here. I'm just saying, on a, on this cultural level, you know, drinking um, isn't good for our brain. When mm. done in excess, and so you can imagine the mm. amount of drinking that happens in our culture from like fifteen to twenty-five, in a, in a while that prefrontal cortex is still forming, um, is massive. We've got no control. We've, we've got no self-control, and we've got no self-discipline. We're just yeah. like, yeah, let's all get fucked up and let's smash as much as we can. So we're, yeah. we're not setting ourselves up for, yeah, <laughs> not setting our brains up for the rest of our lives. There are we? And I think you ever think back to my story, and I'm sure it's similar for you and people listening. It's like. Obviously, I was drinking, binge drinking heaps before I was 18, but I remember t- literally turning 18 and apart from, you know, going and getting my license to drive, the first thought that I had is we're all going to the pub. I can go to pubs legally now, so everyone, we're going to go to the mm-hmm. pub and, and then that just became a, a thing. Well, let's, let's pull up stumps on this conversation and, and set it up for the next podcast because we can talk about... Um, you know, is keeping, we want what we can't have. So is, let's have a philosophical chat next week about, you know, Portugal, you know, with their um, legalizing all drugs and creating a different sort of system over there. And, and what, decriminalizing. And France and Italy. Yeah. And, and, and France and um, everywhere over there, you know, that it's part of their culture is to have a glass of wine with, with dinner. And the, the kids are doing that as well. So they're forming healthier relationships with it. They're being exposed to it at an earlier age, but it's not forbidden fruit. So they're not going to go mm. chasing it. Yes. Yeah. I think that that's a great topic for a podcast. Let's do that one. Okay. That'd be great. I'll, yeah. I'll promise I will do no research on it whatsoever. Yeah. Neither will I, but I've, I've got a, I've got a, pod, I've got a podcast up here yeah, on that topic, yeah. ready to go. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm champing I'm at the bit. Ride your coattails. <laughs> I can, I can see it. Ride me, it. ride me all the way. Oh, hello. Um, anything else? Not good. Yeah. What did we talk about today? What should we call this podcast? Well, I still like the title of "Choose Your Hard," and you can put in in brackets "on" if you really want to. I'm not that immature, Nick. 
It's only yeah. shouldn't make up stories to the listeners saying that I sent that in a text <laughs> I've message. Got, I've got painting me in a very immature message. light, <laughs> very distinguished, it's, responsible adult. It's your playful nature coming to the surface. Don't ever it lose is. that. No, do you I, want to I, I don't tell think us, I can. Do you want to quickly tell us? Do we need to go back into your suffering and why you're angry, or do you, do we not need to? Um, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not really sure. Like, uh, I was told Mel, I'm like, she's, I'm like, I'm pretty angry. She goes, yeah, I know. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not sure why. So we, 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 you spoke about using laughter and playing with things and you can only do that. Like I talk a lot in our, you know, embodied processing course around drowning in an emotional state. Mm. as opposed to, you know, away. being yep. ankles deep or even wading in there like actual yep. drowning. And this is what happens. We dip into a state like anger and, and frustration and we end up just drowning in it and we get lost. Whereas mm. if we can re- keep our head above water, we can just sort of watch what's going on, even just before we turned on the podcast. Because <laughs> I was already... And it's funny because when you're in an emotional state, you kind of attract more of it. And I know that. And mm. it's so funny. So I went to grab a coffee and I left myself plenty of time um before the podcast and then i got down there and she had to make about 30 coffees before mine <laughs> so i'm sitting there waiting and just i'm like wound right yeah, up getting wound right up it's the best and then um i got back <laughs> and i just needed my water bottle i'm in the other room and mel and tommy are there and i'm like it's like what are you looking for i'm like where my fucking water bottle right and then she looks at me and goes i put it in next to the laptop and then we both pissed ourselves i'm like i'm so angry aren't i she goes yeah you are and we both laugh <laughs> we kind of watch angry ryan yeah like you yeah, like yeah. you were saying before like paul levely's not an author per se or you know i'm yeah. not a therapist per se but i'm also not anger even when i'm angry yeah. you know totally. it's just it's just a part of me that's exhibiting and that's why we can have a bit of a. a you know, it's just a, a phenomenon you're phenomena you're experiencing at that point in time. Yeah, yeah. So it's like I just kind of. With it's, it's like hard take, to be the witness of it though when you're so swept away in it when you're drowning and it's really difficult yeah. to to step out and be the witness of it. So yeah, and that's why it's like, and this is part of doing the work and practice. It's like when an emotional state comes up, it's, it's very magnetizing and it sucks your consciousness in very quickly. And then mm. what, the longer that your consciousness is sucked in, the kind of the harder it is to pull it out, right? You can still do it, definitely. That's why I think the practice of noticing straight away when you're starting to get pulled in, you're like, so you might get waist deep and go, oh, yeah, come back up, come back up here. So when that's, you say pulled in, that's, we call it getting going down the, the, the easy path or into destructive thinking. Mm-hmm. And when you find yourself in that emotion, when you, you finally come into an awareness that you're, you're in that suffering, that's where, excuse me, you do the mental rep and you pull yourself out of it, as you're saying. So you get sucked in, you can bring yourself out of it, yeah. but it takes uh, a specific skill set to do that. Yeah. Yeah, it's like I need to recognize that I have this muscle of awareness or this, I, I can direct my consciousness or, or mm. energy. Our consciousness is our energy, whatever we put yeah, energy yeah, on, yeah. our consciousness put energy on. So I, I have to recognize that I have the skill of, of pointing my consciousness somewhere. And then I have to practice pulling it out when it gets pulled down into a destructive state. And so then that's mm. like, I, I've, it's like, I've just realized that I have a bicep that I didn't know. I've got like a third bicep on my back or something that I didn't know was there. And then I need to start consciousness working on it to, to grab it because then like you spoke about the you know it becoming subconscious you saying i wonder what today will bring it's the same so whenever our consciousness gets sucked down eventually we want it to be just completely natural to just pop back up and witness it yeah, yeah. and it becomes unconscious so you, we have to focus our clients on doing mental reps mental reps mental reps but this is you know they use using a bicep we're, we're talking about mental fitness here but mind fit you know it's 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 keeping our minds in shape instead of letting them get really bent out of shape and distorted because that's going to create this chemical storm which is going to create all these feelings that feel very unpleasant and then by nature we don't like feeling unpleasant things so we're going to have more of an aversion to those unpleasant things which is going to fuck us right up because we're going to create a whole lot more of that unpleasantness and then we're going to be like oh and then we're going to need where's a beer fucking beer give me a beer <laughs> yeah that's how it works Yes. I love being a human. It's, it's hilarious. It's fun, isn't it? It's so fun. It's funny too. <laughs> oh, but I love you and I love our listeners and I love everything. So I'm going to give you the biggest hug when I see you. I'm, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it for you. Yeah, you know, you're yeah. about what, 10 Ks down the road. I'm feeling that love from me. 
been golfing. We're going to catch up. Yeah. Let's, uh, what are you doing on the weekend? We, should we catch up? Yeah, we should. Okay, great. Yeah, yeah. Instead of organising it on here, we'll, we'll do it privately. Yeah. And listeners, you can come catch up with us. Hey, maybe Man. we should have a MindFit, uh, a MindFit or a Woke Blokes party. Oh, big. Can I come? <laughs> a Woke Blokes party. I was looking at MindFit on my hat there. Um, a Woke Blokes catch up. Yeah. Just a lunch yeah. somewhere for, for anyone that's local in Melbourne. Maybe we should just. Uh, That'd be great. Yeah, shoot, shoot us a um, send us a message, and we'll, you know, and we'll record we'll that. record a podcast while there's a live audience. That'd be great. Let's do that. I'm excited about that. Great idea, Nick. I'm very aroused. I'm very... <laughs> uh, okay, let's uh, let's wrap it up there. Uh, thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Choose your hard. Nico, oh. pleasure as always. <laughs> it's funny. All right, we'll see you all next week. Peace. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to the Woke Blokes podcast. Please don't forget to subscribe to the show. Also, leave us a five-star rating. We thank you so much, and we'll see you all next time.